You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is a big station, Poe. We're gonna get lost. You worry too much. Worse things could happen. Don't tell me. Worse things just happened. The first order's here. Perhaps the intruders already left. No. There are life signs moving to the upper levels. Probably just scavengers, Captain. I have no interest in your theories. Scour the upper floors. Find them. Spread out the explosives. I want the station completely destroyed. What are they doing with all of those explosives? You read it yourself. This place is slated for demolition. They're trying to get rid of any evidence of what they're doing down here. Now we have to find out what's going on. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars. Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance, stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the mid-season finale of Star Wars Resistance Station Theta Black. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Hey, Mike and Star Wars fans. Good to be back. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, mid-season finale, it, mm-hmm. uh, I gotta say, it did not disappoint. No. Um, for me, I think it's probably the best of the series so far. Short, Short-lived series, of course, but... For me, the best, but uh, yeah, really happy with how this thing kind of led us into this um, uh, hiatus. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll, get, we'll get to that in a second. But um, I don't know. You want to? We're just going to jump into the news, right? Yeah, let's jump into the news. Um, yeah, the, yeah. I guess the fr- the first thing, the most important thing right now, is these new Star Wars Resistance shorts. Right? Um, it was just announced today that there's going to be a series of these. Star Wars Resistance shorts airing on the Disney Channel YouTube, um, which is going to be really annoying for some of our listeners because they're not actually going to be able to access them. Um, uh, 12 shorts featuring Kaz, Tora, Tam, Flix, and Orca, Hype, Niku, The Aces, and more will will debut throughout December on Disney Channel YouTube. So... Lots of... That's actually a lot of content. I mean, 12 shorts, right? Um... Mm. But the, and this first one that they released is definitely uh, it's short, <laughs> and it's it's even shorter than the Galaxies of Adventures, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's I don't know, it's like it's 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 all of the silliness of a Star Wars Resistance episode, and even less of the substance. Just judging from the first one. Um, yeah. But uh, that's fine. I mean, like, shorts are shorts, right? But kind of weird that we're getting these now um, in between. I wonder how long the hiatus is going to be if they're going to give us these over the course of the rest of this month. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It's weird. What, what do you think? Well, I, I've seen actually three of these. Okay. Um, the one with BBA was kind of through his point of view. 
Uh, there was one with Kaz. And it, again, these are all three of them are really just kind of silly. All the stuff that we kind of have been making fun of with Resistance. Yeah. It's all right here. It's like there was one with Kaz and he's in the he's in um, Ansi's bar and he's throwing darts with Bucket. And ultimately one hits him in the butt. Oh, mm. uh, and there's another one with Niku and he's going to get some food with um, with uh, Yeager. And uh, it's, it's his favorite food. And I can't remember the name of the stinking fish thing he eats. But anyway, mm. it's just like you said, it's I'm not exactly sure what the point of these are. Um, it's like you say, it's exactly like you said, it's just all the silliness in, in a minute, you know, and there's no substance to it. I don't know if this is just uh, obviously it's for the kids, but. I mean, wow, these are, I don't know. They're not no, nowhere near the uh, substance that Galaxies of Adventures has been putting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. It's just, they're just there. You know, it's like I watched it once. I was like, okay, that was kind of whatever. It, it, it really didn't have any effect on me. It, I, I don't know. It's, it's just like you said, Mike, I don't know what they're trying to, to do with these, but I just something to fill the time, I guess, until we guessing january i don't know but we'll yeah see. i i guess it's just a general confusion with this series as a whole right like i i just i'm not really sure who it's for because i don't think that it's actually for young kids i and i certainly don't hear a lot of young kids watching it um and and as near as i can tell most of the adults who are watching it are kind of uh shaking their heads at a lot of stuff or just like, like confused about decisions. Uh, this week's episode was, was like we said, it was, it's a great episode, but, um, it, even this one has some really weird choices in it as to how Kaz behaves in this scenario. Right. Like, um, yeah, it just, I, I don't know. I can't peg this show. It, it it acts like Lego Star Wars, but it's trying to tell a Star Wars Rebels type story. Right. And I just kinda want it to pick a lane and and figure out what it's supposed to be. Cause if it's a kid's show, that's fine. But then this week it's decidedly not a kid's show, even though Kaz doesn't seem to realize that. Um, and yeah, I'm just not I, like, there's just such a weird tonal, uh, disconnect there. I'm not sure how we're supposed to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a very weird thing. And these shorts are just a great example of like, like, what are you, what is, what, why are these happening now? Um, but hey, I yeah. mean, like, I guess if you're enjoying the show, that you would see these shorts and think that they're great, because mm-hmm. it's just more of the same, more yeah. of what the majority of what we get on the yeah. show. But yeah. yeah, personally, I don't really need them. Um, but like I said, I just watched them once, and then, like I said, they're just kind of goofy, one minute little, oh, you know, maybe a slice of life of the day of one mm-hmm. of these characters. You know what I mean? So. Uh, not like you said, not a lot of substance there. Just kind of jokes and funny things that happen to these characters. So that, I think that's maybe what they're going for. Um, but uh, we did get a new batch of Galaxy of Adventures. Yes, uh, that was actually really good as well. Probably just as as good as the first batch, if not better than the first batch. Um, and it featured. Uh, you know, it's got had Han Solo one, Princess Leia, and Darth Vader, which is really cool. Luke and his uh, doing the trench run of the Death Star, stuff yeah. like that. Really cool. Um, and Chewbacca was featured in one. So, uh, did you get a chance to see any of these, Mike? I did. Yeah, I've yeah I've watched them. And the Palpatine one. Oh man, it, yeah, yeah. it's so good, spanning the entire saga. And uh, yeah, it's I. It's so the opposite of how I feel about Star Wars yeah. Resistance, where I'm like, can we just have more of this all the time? Like, like, can they just redo the movies like this? Like, just take all the dialogue and and just like re 
do the original trilogy, do redo the prequels, and but do it like this, um, yeah, from start funny. to finish. I would love it. I, yeah, I heard somebody talking about that on some podcast I was listening to, and they mentioned about they were talking about you know would would these original trilogy movies ever get like remade? And someone was mentioning like not in the traditional sense, but in the in the style of these Galaxy Adventures, like you're saying, Mike, that would be pretty cool to see them do something like that. Uh, rather than trying to recast and do the whole thing, that's not going to work. We don't need that. Their, their OT is fantastic the way it is; doesn't need to be touched. So I think you're right. Like doing it that way would be kind of neat to see. Even the prequels, like you said. So yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're good. Uh, just, like I said, just as good as the other ones. Uh, like you said, that that one with uh, Luke and, and Palpatine and and showing him on the, I guess you know, in, in front of. Um, Palpatine and he's telling his fleet is lost and all that and he lights his lightsaber. Yeah, it's just it's that was really cool. Just all of them are really good. Han Solo one uh, I thought was really good too. So these things are really um, for me they're really just hitting it out of the park. And and I'm not exactly sure. I, I don't know much about this, but do you know what their intention is? This all they're doing is just kind of these fun little shorts, or is this is this planning on going somewhere or could it? I, you know I mean? honestly have no earthly idea what they're doing at Lucasfilm with all of this stuff because yeah, like like here we are with Galaxy of Adventures and now some Star Wars Resistance shorts but when's the last time we heard anything about Forces of Destiny is it done are there more Forces of Destiny episodes coming is that series over right and it's it's kind of confusing but you know, like it, it just seems like they're they're just putting out more and more and more content. Um, but it is really hard to peg. Like, what, what, what is what's what's the what's the end goal here? Like, what's the overall plan for some of these series? Because Forces of Destiny was really great. Um, and was awesome in the sense that it was giving us new stories that we hadn't gotten before um, and fleshing out stuff and bringing together characters from the original trilogy and characters from Star Wars Rebels and and uh, connecting uh, new stuff from the sequel trilogy. And, you know, like it, it it. I think that there was still a lot of room there for that, and I'm not sure if Lucasfilm agrees because I don't think that the toys did very well. Now, right. I can tell you that the toys didn't do very well because they were they were pretty expensive. So, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that cost prohibitive nature is always going to stop you from, I think, really penetrating the market. I think the I think even three and three quarter figures right now are far too expensive. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. I had to stop collecting because it, it was I was doing the six inch. It is just it's just too much, you know, twenty dollars yeah. per. Yeah, but yeah. Well, they're thirty dollars here in Canada. Um, oh, okay. Sometimes thirty-two or thirty-three, depending on on what figure you're talking about for the Black Series stuff. So, um, and then you know, if you go to a specialty shop, they're even they're even more expensive. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it. it, it we talked about the Galaxy of Adventures figures last week, and and I think that this is this is their plan. They're going to try something different and something that they didn't have to invest in because you know packaging is packaging. You got to make it anyways, and it's easy enough to change up. But um, changing the making actual new figures is a little bit more difficult. So they're avoiding that problem by not making new figures and just repackaging old figures. But um, I don't know if that's going to work for them because, like, people aren't buying these figures because they're not interested in buying. Like, it's I guess it is just this this misconception that children are buying Star Wars figures. They are not. And Mm. I think that that is... Hasbro and Lucasfilm's biggest problem is that they do not understand who their market actually is. I think that they have some skewed perspective or they don't have any perspective at all. They're not doing any sort of real market research to find out who's buying their toys. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and and so they're they're not aware that they're actually selling specifically to men in their 30s and 40s um they think that they're selling to eight-year-olds eight-year-olds don't want any of these toys i talk to them (laughs) you know um and and they like Star Wars, but they're interested in Star Wars Lego or they're interested in, I mean, not so much anymore, but, but a couple of years back, uh, Angry Birds Star Wars. And, um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's kind of an interesting conundrum, but I don't, I don't think the current Star Wars movies are being made for kids. I don't think that. Um, I think that I think that Lego is the only place where Star Wars is actually catering to its core demographic, um, and that that's a. I don't know if that's a problem or like if if. I don't know if that needs to be corrected or their marketing needs to be corrected, but on one side or the other, they need to get their story straight and figure out what they're doing because like kids love star Wars, but it doesn't compare with, uh, with, with the Marvel characters or, um, or, you know, like some of the TV shows that are on and stuff. I, I like the anime stuff and, and whatnot. Like they, they just, kids get into what they get into and star Wars is a standard and it's not flashy and it's not exciting and there's no gimmick, which is, I think why we love star Wars though. Like those are all positive things, but kids want to collect Pokemon or to battle, uh, Beyblades or, you know, like, like they, there's like a, there has to be an activity to go along with it. And I just don't think that Hasbro and Lucasfilm have, figured that out with star Wars yet. So it's like Lego continues to, to be popular with, with people of all ages because it's fun for collectors. It's fun for kids, but the figures like they just sit on Mm -hmm. the shelf. Mm -hmm. They just like, I go into toys R us. I know you guys don't have toys R us down there anymore, but uh, even like a Walmart or target, you walk in and week after week after week, it is the same figures. It's mm-hmm. the same toys. And it's not because they're getting restocked. You know, mm-hmm. like no one wants to buy uh, uh, Lando Calrissian or Kira or like, like they just, I, it's, it's very odd. The decisions that Hasbro has made in the last couple of years are very weird. They're not really catering to the collectors. They're not really catering to the kids. So it's it's just in like this weird limbo. And I think if they had taken Galaxy of Adventures and they had packaged it in a way that was really pleasing to kids, and I don't just mean like physical packaging. I mean like, like figure out something with Galaxy of Adventures where there's something there for them to get excited about like other toys. Right. Cause it, cause star Wars just doesn't have the penetration with that younger audience that something like Marvel does. Marvel doesn't have to worry about the toys being great because the characters are so ubiquitous that kids just want them. Kids mm-hmm. just want Spider-Man figures, but at the same time, you know, like you can get web shooters and you can get all this stuff. And I guess you can get nerf, uh, blasters and, and lightsabers and stuff, but I don't know. Like there's just a, there's an interactivity element to other stuff, to, to properties that are, that are really popular that I just don't think that star Wars is nailing, but I, I look around the toy store and everything just kind of sits there. So yeah, I think, I think it is right. I think a lot of it is everything. Um, I was thinking of my, I have like nine, nieces and nephews if i'm counting right and uh and i'm trying to think back like the last time i was around them what were they playing with and i i can remember them playing with like jurassic park uh dinosaurs um i want to say like minecraft or something like that they had some things with minecraft and and in fortnite obviously is huge right now i know on the christmas list there's like fortnite stuff they want um so and if anything with star wars it's like they want uh, like shirts that say Star Wars on. There's a couple of my nieces and nephews that like that. But like, I'm trying to think back of the last time I saw them playing with 
an actual action figure, and I cannot remember the last time they have. The last time I've seen anybody with the action figure is me because I collect them and I keep them in the box. So, um, and you're right. You go to Target, you go to Walmart's, and there's just nothing out there uh, that's that's really selling it. And I don't know if it's anything, Mike. I don't know if anything's selling like gangbusters. Like you said, like Marvel characters or uh, wrestling characters or whatever the heck it might be. Um, I think it's just one of those times now where it's just, you got a hot item like the Fortnite thing. It'll be hot for a little bit and then that'll go away and then something else will take its place. Uh, I think we're just in a, in a time now where there's just so much going on. Yeah. Uh, it's so different than when I was a kid where it was just Star Wars and there was nothing else. And G.I. Joe, that was it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, it's it's interesting to see where how the generations differ from from my generation to to like my brothers and then and then mm-hmm. nephews and nieces and, and my own actually my own kids too. I mean, they. I think you're right. They. I got tons of Star Wars Legos around the house that are built and just on shelves. Really cool. Um, I want. I'm going to keep those. Obviously, those are. They would love the Legos. Um, but the figures, they weren't into the figures that much. It was just like you said. It was Legos and you know lightsabers and stuff like that, um, but not necessarily the figures of the vehicle. So, uh, different time though, man. We're in a different age now. Different time. Yeah, because I just don't think that kids want a little three and three quarter inch figure these days. Um, I think that the six inch and like I, uh, I. Uh, like five inch figures are actually more popular because you look at like power Rangers figures are around a five inch figure. They're not, they're not quite a six inch, um, in that scale. But I, you know, like, like a lot of other properties when they do figures, they do them around that scale, uh, around the five inch scale. Like, like Marvel does like four and five inch scale figures, not really three and three quarter. And, they like, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's time to kind of go back to the power of the force. Like the, the, that, that nineties first wave of figures that it's like, like let's focus on playability and not on collectability if you mm-hmm. want the kids to play with them. So I, like I thought that's what galaxy of adventures would be. I thought they would be these really cool stylized cartoony versions of the characters, which would have been great for both collectors and yeah. kids because make yeah. them playable, but then mm-hmm. also make it something new that nobody has. Mm-hmm. Right. Give us a new Luke Skywalker from return of the Jedi that doesn't yeah. just have a new pose or different points of articulation or different accessories. Like, like give us something new that we've never gotten before. Um, and, and we'll buy it, especially if it's nice. I mean, like, like that's kind of the other, the other part of it is that I just don't think that there's a market for it anymore. Kids don't buy as many action figures and stuff. Um, they spend their money on video games. They spend their money on apps on their phones. Um, but Man, the kids that I know, the last Star Wars toys they were playing with like crazy were Disney Infinity figures. Mm. And to me it's like like it's such a no-brainer there that that these Galaxy of Adventure figures should have been more like that. Um mm. and and like there it is right there. You make the figures part of an app. That's what Angry Birds Star Wars did and they sell like crazy. Right. Um, Make it so that they unlock something in an app that these kids are playing on their phones and and iPod touches and and all that stuff. Right. And then there you go. Like like that's going to get them to purchase this stuff. But I don't know. I don't work for Hasbro. I don't work for Lucasfilm. So. Hmm. (laughs) But you do have a young daughter that's coming up and it's going to be wanting some toys possibly soon. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's a trip. It's a trip to, to, like I said, just the, how like the toy phase seems like it's, I don't, I, maybe I'm not the best judge because my kids are beyond the toys. They're, they're mm-hmm. where you're talking about where they're all about apps and phones and, and video games. And, but you know, I think even like even kids as young as like six, that's where they're at. Mm-hmm. They want to yeah, play. They sure. just want to sit and play apps on the phone. Like they don't. I was out last night with a bunch of kids from two to ten, and 
that's all they wanted to do was sit on the phones and play apps. So yeah, it's true. My my nephews are like that too. They're they're, they're you know four anywhere from like four to to ten. And, and you're right, even the youngest ones will get mm-hmm. on mom's phone and play Angry Birds or whatever the heck you know they're playing on. So you're definitely right about that. It's that's the new video game console is the is the iPads or the iPhones or the tablets or whatever. And then as they get older, they kind of transition into regular video game ps4s and xboxes and stuff like that so yeah. that's kind of where the realm i'm at now so all that to say that we got some new shorts to watch over the uh over the holidays i guess if you're into that thing but uh other yeah. than that anything else going on nothing i mean still obviously this is what's going to happen obviously probably hopefully, well, fingers crossed yeah <laughs> over the holidays here we're going to get something because if it's anything like some first looks or something like that. I'm sure Mike will get on a, yeah. a special podcast or a thunder quack or something and, and talk about it. So I got my fingers crossed over the holidays or the, or the new year that we'll get something. We'll see. We got to get something soon. It's rumors crazy. About all, yeah, exactly. So, um, I don't know anything else. So we want to get into the episode. No, let's jump into the episode. All right, here we go. Calculate the jump chop. <laughs> my boyfriend maybe i can help you i am boba fett what was that what was what the throwing and the falling over there don't think about it kenobi ahsoka kenobi hand it over ewok so you mean to tell me you were staging a rescue, not attempting to hijack a Jedi starship? You're welcome! Now, it's time for the Rebel Cells. Episode Recap. All right, here we go with Station Theta Black, written by Brandon Alman, directed by Sergio Paez and Michael Stardoff here. Kaz borrows the fireball for a meeting with Poe Dameron, but unfortunately he flew off before Tan could replace all of the broken stabilizers, just when it looks like he's really in trouble. Poe arrives and a tractor beam pulls the young spy's craft safely into a resistance command ship. So, Mike, we open up with my one of my favorite characters, Yeager and Bucket. Uh, Yeager's loaned the fireball to Kaz for this particular uh, mission, and then obviously he doesn't realize that he's flying with broken stabilizers uh hasn't they didn't get a chance to put those on mm-hmm. but uh they're rendezvousing with none other than uh poe obviously the fireball's a mess you know it's shaking the alarms are going off sensors are going off everything's crazy and then boom here he gets saved by a corellian corvette and the rest of the uh resistance show up and uh we get that classic interior uh, i noticed that as as kaz is walking down the uh the inner workings of the ship. You get yeah. that classic interior of the Corellian Corvette. It's kind of cool to see. Um, and Kaz has, Mike, he has the first order proposal that uh, that was proposed to Doza. He has that with him. And we get our appearance of Leia. I guess we can, um, do you want to do do your section? We'll talk about Leia as well. Or you want to, do you have any thoughts on the beginning here? No, yeah, yeah. I, I, no, let's finish the next part because I think it, okay. it gets interesting once Leia shows up. So, okay. um, as, after Kaz delivers a copy of the First Order's proposal to, to Dameron, Poe brings him before General Leia Organa. Based on Kaz's reports, the Resistance has calculated a possible flight path through the unknown regions that could lead to a First Order outpost. Poe is about to begin a recon mission on the outpost and invites Kaz to tag along. So, mm. Um, I think like this is this is where the episode really starts to to cook. I, it, and to be perfectly honest, the opening with the fireball not working and whatnot is just wasted time that we could have <laughs> used on yeah. actual starfighter scenes and that sort of thing, right? It, but whatever. Um, yeah, I. I don't know what did, what did you think of of Leia in this episode? Okay, so yeah, I was going to mention that. Like, obviously, we get our second appearance of Leia, but she's yeah. actually this episode. She's talking, and I got to tell you, I was personally, um, she had kind of that that almost Force Awakens type outfit. It was just a tiny mm-hmm. bit different, but kind of close to that. But yeah, 
the the thing that really stood out to me was the voice um, really matched the sequel trilogy Leia voice, and I it, it kind of um, for a minute it kind of threw me back, but it, it makes obviously total sense to do that kind of thing. I thought it was a really good to me. I thought it was a really good match. Um, did, yeah. did you have a problem with it, or did you not like it, or no? So I I so in the season premiere leia was voiced by uh, i think it's was it rachel butera right yeah and there was some controversy about tweets or something i think it was like tweets or something like that um mm-hmm. some comments that she had made and uh and and so she's no longer voicing leia and i think that rachel butera had done a really great job i don't remember what her comments were i i think that they were less than uh uh positive <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into all of that part of it yeah. or whatever, but in any case, she's no longer voicing the character. So now Carolyn Hennessy is doing it. And I just thought, um, I did think that she did a really great job. I think that like, there are two things about this character that, that I feel like they really missed on. She does mm-hmm. such a good job of the voice, but it's way too soft spoken. And I wanted her to, she just needed to have a little bit more grumble because mm-hmm. Leia in The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi has a bit of sort of like a like Carrie Fisher did towards the end. She had that little bit of a it was just kind of like like a little bit of like a like a a, a hoarseness to her voice all the time. And it was just a little bit too soft. It was very much uh in between like Princess Leia Organa from the original trilogy, specifically A New Hope, and General Leia Organa from from the sequels. Um, but great, and maybe she was for something like that. Maybe she was trying to back off. On it might have been, yeah. I don't know because um, you, you tell you hear Stephen Stan talk about how he he kind of mixes Obi Wan's you know together to get a yeah. certain feel. So it's 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 beyond what I know anything about voice acting, but I just wondered maybe that's the reason she didn't go as gravelly. Cause I, I know exactly what you mean about that, that hoarseness that she has yeah. to her voice in the, or, she, or in the movies. But uh, other than that, I thought the intonation and, and, and just the way yeah. she brought it was pretty darn close. But, so uh, the other thing that bothers me about this character, about, about this version of Leia is that they slim her down and mm. I just, it just really rubs me the wrong way mm. uh, because I just don't think that it's necessary. It doesn't, it, I don't know. It just, it just feels off to me. Like she's like, I know everybody on, on star Wars resistance is very skinny. Like it's kind of part of the style, but I just yeah. feel like they, they go just a step too far with Leia where it's like, that's not, it's not really true to how she looked in, in the in her last couple of appearances <clears throat> and i know that 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 would have r- rankled i uh, i uh, carrie fisher a little bit i'm sure that she would have made some comments uh if she sure. were still around sure. and this show were happening <laughs> and hopefully she would still be doing the voice if 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 she were um I'm sure that she would have something to say at a Star Wars celebration about like, well, the benefit to being computer animated is that uh, they can they can make me as thin as they want and I don't have to do any of the dieting or something like that. You know, like you can almost kind of hear Carrie Fisher commenting about it. And and it's it's kind it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things. It's not a big deal. It doesn't ruin anything for me, but it certainly takes me out of it. And, and I think like, that's kind of, that's kind of the thing for me is that it's like, this isn't necessary. It, it, it's sort of, it's not really promoting or not promoting anything, but, but it is sort of not acknowledging sort of healthy body image and that sort of thing. Um, which I thought was such a great thing about Carrie Fisher in her last two appearances in star Wars that, um, yeah, she did get in shape. So did Mark Hamill, um, but but Carrie Fisher still looked old. 
She right. looked like she had aged. She looked like she had, and Harrison Ford as well. Like they, they look like they've gone through stuff. They look mm-hmm. like they've lived lives. And I kind of hate it when the old people in movies don't look that much older than the young people in movies. I, uh, mm-hmm. and I, because it's just not really representative of, of real life. Like, uh, I, you know, some people can manage to stay youthful looking for a very long time, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just thought that it was great that Leia kind of embraced that. Um, and, and that, 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 you know, Carrie Fisher embodied that. Um, and I know that that was very important to her. So, so that's where it just, it just takes me out of it because mm-hmm. I just think about all that when I see yeah. her. Right. Yeah, so, well, one thing that actually uh, that I love what they did with with the with the, uh, with the music is they threw in Leia's theme slightly yeah. uh, as she appeared and just before she started uh, talking. So I thought that was really cool that to hear that familiar uh, theme for her. And and another thing that kind of brought me and I, I like what they did was they kind of built on or since we're since this is before the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, they kind of started that joke about um you know poe really not listening to what leia she's she's like hey listen you know you've done this before do not engage the enemy you know just do your reconnaissance and report back i don't want you jumping so obviously i'm thinking he's probably done this before she's reminding him here in resistance and then in the last jedi does the same thing what are you doing so kind of building that what we lead up to in the last the last Jedi. So I thought that was yeah. kind of neat that they, that they did that. So, um, and obviously something that he does finally do in, in the last Jedi is not listen to her and kind of do his own thing. So, um, and they're looking for this first order outpost in the end on regions, Micah. Yeah, continue. Poe and Kaz discover buoys making a path or marking a path, which leads straight to a first order station that appears abandoned. Poe wants to take ba- uh, take a closer look, and they uh, dock inside. CB-23 flies the X-Wings out and hides them in an asteroid field just in case anyone shows up. Uh, go ahead, Mike. I'll, I'll make yeah. Uh, they find a terminal, and BB-8 plugs in to access the station's records. The outpost isn't abandoned, BB-8 says. It's scheduled for demolition. Soon thereafter, a droid spots Poe and Kaz. They flee and take cover before Poe finally blasts it. But did they set off an alarm? Uh, so they, they arrive on this thing, and it's supposed to be uh, uh, abandoned. That's how it appears, um, right. at least. No life signs, no active droids. So let's go check it out. And they get on, and of course, as they snoop around, they do manage to set off an alarm. And that alarm triggers none other than Captain Phasma. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought that was really well. Just approaching too, you know, they power down their X wings, which is kind of neat. They're kind of floating out there, mm-hmm. like uh, like they're supposed to be part of the asteroids, and they kind of drift in. And like you said, Mike, they didn't they don't see anything as far as life forms or droids. They don't notice anything. And once again, uh, Poe kind of does his own thing when he he says, uh, "Kaz is like, hey, no, we're supposed to just surveil it." He goes, "Yeah, we'll surveil it from the inside. Let's go ahead and go in there." Yeah. So that uh, and I was. And here's the thing. I started to get confused for a second because as we're walking through Station Theta, I, I totally blanked. I'm like, after a few seconds thinking about it, like, oh, duh, it's Station Theta Black. That's what that's what they're going through. But for a minute there, I kind of thought they were going for, is this like the beginning of the, you know, part of the supremacy or or, or um, Starkiller base? But then mm-hmm. obviously it's not that far it, away yeah. from so I get okay. I, I get where they're going now. So yeah, it kind of, especially in the preview, I was a little bit confused because I was like, I was like, wait, like there's like because um, one of the cool distinctive things about Starkiller Base was that it was your standard Imperial style mixed with all of these rocks and that that red lighting, right? Yeah, and they were doing something very similar here. Instead of red lighting, it's green, but. Um, and I think that's partially to distinguish it. And green's a very, very common color on the show. Green and blue, right? Um, but, yeah, like, there was definitely a moment where I was kind of looking at it going, like, that looks an awful lot like Starkiller Base. But then, yeah. like, I had to pull myself back and go, no, okay, they're built into the side of the asteroid. 
of mm-hmm. course they would do the same sort of thing that they did on Starkiller Base, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with all of the exposed rock and stuff. But I, 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 it, I had to think about it for a second, and then went, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then yeah. I went, like, of course, of course they would do that. That is one of the best things about the Force Awakens. I love that aesthetic. Yeah, on Starkiller Base, it's so good. It just mm-hmm. had such a cool look to it. I remember in, I think it was the second trailer that we got, the first full trailer after the after the preview, the the uh, the teaser trailer, we got that shot of Phasma walking in slow mo, and I just remember seeing that the first time and being like that the background being all like rock, but there's like these like death star uh star destroyer elements to it as well and captain phasma walking in slow motion and thinking like oh man captain phasma is going to be such a badass character of course (laughs) i was wrong but that (laughs) shot is still a great shot so (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and talk about phasma i mean she's um she had she's just as much in this and then she did in the uh in the movies themselves yeah Um, so I'll actually continue to talk about Captain Phasma. On Starkiller Base, Captain Phasma monitors a map of Station Theta Black. She informs Major uh, Von Rigg that they will personally be overseeing the station's demolition today as there are intruders aboard. So, uh, again, that's kind of what snapped me out of it. Like, oh, duh, it's not any of those things because they're going to you know, demo this thing uh, today. But what's on this thing? I mean, what is the purpose of demoing something uh, obviously there's something to hide for the first order um mm-hmm. we'll get to that in a second but uh yeah captain phasma like i said um had just as much to do in this episode as she did in the force awakens so uh actually loved it i mean this whole vibe of this whole episode just i mean this is what i'm talking about star wars yeah this is this is it right here, and we're getting some really good stuff. Go ahead, Mike. I'll, I'll continue. Let you yeah. Uh, while Kaz wants to leave, Poe is determined to discover the purpose of the station. They locate the control room and find that this base is a processing station. The First Order is mining nearby asteroids for deadlinite, and a lot of it, which is used in blasters. Uh, they quickly run into a couple of stormtroopers and soon find themselves surrounded. Poe and St- Poe stalls backing away with Kaz until he can shoot the blast doors controls and the first uh, order explosives. Uh, they make a break for the hangar, surviving an encounter with Captain Phasma herself and get to the ship. So, you know, another thing I noticed in this episode, which was a lot, which is something we talked about. is like we haven't seen a blaster yet. We haven't seen that in this episode. Not only do we see blasters, we see them firing, but we actually see stormtroopers, uh, I guess you could say, getting killed uh, in, in this episode. So definite, like, true one from what we've seen um, uh, in this in this uh, series so far. So definitely kind of ramping up. And they're talking about this. Um, what exactly was this for? They're mining. This is a mining facility. Uh, they're mining deadlinite, and it's used to make blasters so um we're finding out that the first order is ramping up i'm, I'm sure you know the stormtroopers are getting them geared up um going through all their training we got to get blasters ready to go uh this is like this whole kind of gathering the troops and getting them all armored to have this major offensive against uh, or to get back to the galaxy like we see in the force awakens so that's exactly what's going on in station at theta black areas uh mining all these uh, blaster i guess it's blaster parts right yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. Cause Tabana is what fuels blasters as far as I know. But, yeah. uh, which is why, um, Bespin was so, uh, uh, attractive to Vader in that, in the, in the Empire Strikes Back. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I as I understood it, Deadlinite was, is, you know, it's something to do with the manufacture of blasters. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure it's irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really matter specifically how, what it's being used for, but, right. Um, well, but, um, but I think it's yeah. just, I think all, the only thing that was important there is that it's clear that this is specifically for military application, mm-hmm. right? right? This It's not for anything else. This is just for military application. So, Okay. Uh, they quickly run into a couple of stormtroopers and soon find themselves surrounded. Post stalls backing away with Kaz until he can shoot the. Bl- Did I already read that? 
Uh, yeah, you bad. did. Yeah, yeah. It's my turn. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused for a second, too. Uh, Von Reich leads a swarm of ties in pursuit of Kaz and Poe and Kaz. They evade the First Order fighters until Phasma calls off the attack. She is given the order to destroy the station. Poe and Kaz scream forward, trying to outrun the, the explosion. At first, it appears as if Kaz didn't make it, but by docking on an asteroid and using it as a shield, he survived. Poe is impressed. Uh, so here we go. Finally, 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 we get to see Kaz yeah. do something impressive in a starfighter, something clever and something, you know, he saves his life. And, the and, you know, the quick thinking and the, the quick docking on the, the asteroid is impressive. And Poe is like, wow, that's pretty smart. Um, so, yeah, I mean, finally, finally, he's in a starfighter. He's in an X-Wing and he's doing some cool stuff. So. Yeah, I totally love this this action scene. Uh, yeah. I mean, everything that I love about Star Wars is kind of cap- almost everything. I mean, especially the the uh, dog fights and stuff like that. I mean, this thing had all that stuff. They had some obviously the great music, great sound effects. Uh, some yeah. of the camera angles they used that kind of reminded me of some of the Rogue One stuff. Uh, maybe it was influenced in some of this animation. So I just all that was really cool to see that and to see that obviously Poe doing his thing, kind of guiding Kaz and kind of giving him some uh, tips as they're flying. So, you know, he's a good pilot when he can do it himself and then kind of help somebody out at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, fantastic, uh, fantastic scene uh, and culminating in that kind of, kind of, I guess, Millennium Falcon hiding under the, uh, or on the side of the uh, Star Destroyer type of move kind of thing, almost, you know, just a little different, obviously, because we trying to outrun this giant blast but uh a cool move nonetheless i guess we'll finish up here back with leia poe and kaz deliver the intel the first order is making a lot of weapons it might not convince the senate that the first order is a threat but it's uh it's valuable to the general and the resistance uh she says "I i wish we had more like you leia says to kaz because if what i believe the first order is planning we're going to need all the help we can get so it kind of ends with, um, you, you know, it's like Kaz is saying, you know, you could, none of this really helps because the Senate is not going to care. I guess maybe the New Republic is not going to really buy into it yet, but it's definitely information that the resistance needs to kind of mount their, I guess, obvious resistance to it. Um but it's interesting how we got like Leia, she's doing her own thing. And, and what is wrong with the New Republic that they're not going to listen to obvious intel that you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's clear right there. I don't know what's going on. And who's, you know, is this Mon Mothma and the New Republic that's that's um, not listening or not paying attention to what's going on? Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it's, I don't think it's ever been made clear who... Yeah. The the Chancellor of the New Republic is at the time of The Force Awakens. I I could be wrong in that. Somebody might be able to correct us, but um I don't think so. I think I think in Bloodlines we learn that Mon Mothma is going to step down mm-hmm. and that she thinks that Leia should run, but Leia doesn't want to be Chancellor. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think that it's Mon Mothma at that point in time. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but the girls are home. Uh, (laughs) They just walked in cars. But uh, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, but it it is, it is a, it is an interesting dynamic that they've created and that they're working towards this idea that, um, that nobody believes princess Leia, that nobody leaves, believes Leia and, and says, you know, I, she's she's kind of fear mongering is what is is sort of how it's expressed in some some parts of the eu that she wants she doesn't know how to not fight right like she doesn't know how to like sort of put put her like lay her guns down and and exist in peacetime she was a a a war politician and a and a war hero so of course she's gonna see threats where there are none and i think that snoke and the first order up until this point have done a very good job of hiding Mm -hmm. 
what their true intentions are. And I think that we've seen a little bit, if anything, Star Wars Resistance has done a really good job of showing us that element of of this story that like on the Colossus Kaz is really the only one who cares that there's stormtroopers. No one else on the Colossus seems to even care. They give them a wide berth. They're like, whatever first order, like just stay away from them. Um, Mm -hmm. like, like don't get messed up with them there. It's a weird military sort of faction or whatever. Um, and they're, you know, like they, they'll, you'll get into the, into trouble with them really fast, but nobody is like, Oh no, it's the empire. Right. Like people, I don't think that people are taking it seriously and they're just kind of looking at it as this, this weird Imperial throwback, like these kind of wannabes, which is, I think like it kind of is what they are, but, but then you start hearing rumors of things that are going on in other parts of the galaxy. Right. So, yeah. I think uh, overall, as far as this episode, like I said, for me, it's the best of the series so far. And some, like I said, the action, the stuff with Leia was really good. Uh, seeing Poe, Phasma, action. You got uh, the action on Station Theta, then you had the action in the air, the dog fights. All that was great. I think just the one thing, and I think you might have wanted to mention this earlier, was mm-hmm. just I think some of that with Poe and some of the seriousness that this episode was trying to bring in. And you have Kaz who's just being a total buffoon, not a yeah. buffoon, but you know, just kind of doing the cast stuff where he's tripping and being goofy and making jokes. And, um, maybe that can kind of pull you out just a little bit, but overall, uh, really, really solid episode to, to get to the, to break. So, uh, any, any final thoughts, Mike, or, I just hope that this is a sign of what's to come that, you know, now we're actually going to start ramping up into this. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I hope, but I don't think so. I think that we're going to come back to more of what we got before. Yeah. More of like, this is going to be like, uh, the exception and not necessarily the rule of this show. Yeah. I really, I really, really hope that the season ends with something catastrophic happening on the Colossus and it changing the course of these characters lives where the Colossus is no longer. Um, it's no longer neutral and it's like, I, you know, it's under siege or whatever. And the, and the first order is trying to, to do their thing. I mean, like, I really hope that, that the end of the season, it like that the season ends with, them looking up in the sky, whatever happens to them happens to them, you know, and, and, and Kaz deals with, um, Von Reg and Pyre. Right. And, and they don't make it out of the, the season finale and like, they find it like they've won, they've saved the day or whatever. And then they look up in the sky, like Kaz looks up in the sky and you see the red beams mm-hmm. that, that take out, uh, Hosni and prime. Prime, yeah, mm-hmm. and and the, they just like just a comment yeah. of like like what is that right? Yeah, <laughs> and then that's the end of the season, and that when we come back in season two, that the uh, that the attitude is is definitely changed because now peacetime is over and we're back at war, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and 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 that the rest of, and season two takes place in between episode seven and eight. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we can get, I, uh, I, you know, or but it begins in in seven and eight, and and that the end of the mid mid season where we're at right now, next year we will be one week away from episode nine, right? right. Yeah. Um, so my hope is that like what we get is something that like basically drops our characters at the end of episode eight saying the the resistance is asking for help what are we gonna do like uh like you guys we can't stay neutral anymore the aces need to join the fight and then the rest of season two and and the continuing story of star wars resistance is the story of these characters joining the fight and and filling in the gap between eight and nine um, which I'm hoping is a few years. I'm hoping it's not like seven and eight where it literally picks up where the last one ended. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. Like that's my hope, but, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. That's really, 
that's good. That's some that's some good thoughts, especially like you're saying about how you know at the end of eight, it's just them on the Millennium Falcon and they're looking for help and there's nobody out there, but potentially, um, yeah. But like Kaz and the, and like you said, the Aces. Wow, that'd be kind of talk about tie-ins and everything. Whoa, that would be pretty cool. Can you imagine so, if the place that they go is the Colossus? <laughs> you know, I know it's it's pretty pretty crazy. But hey. Yeah. Geez, we got Poe and Phasma on this stinking in the show. As that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty amazing to do that. So, uh, but that's it. That's the that's the episode this week. We got uh, a Twitter um, a response from Martin Ailman. Mike, you want to take this one? Yeah, uh, Martin writes into us at Twitter and says, "My wife couldn't have said it better." Now that was a resistance episode, mainly mm-hmm. because it involved. The resistance? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> I feel like each episode has to begin with Kaz messing something up. Ten episodes in, it's getting a bit old. Good episode, though. So yeah. I think that, that Martin is on the same page with us. Yeah, it sounds like uh, he's, like, I think a lot of us are on the same page. Um, you know, this about with Kaz, yeah. and, but uh, but we'll see, you know. I, ho- first- I hope that Lucasfilm is listening. I hope that they are. Um, yeah. And that yeah. they, like that they hear from us that it's like, and and I hope that they hear the tone for what it is. I want to like this show. I I miss Star Wars Rebels. I miss Clone Wars. Obviously, we're getting new Clone Wars in mm-hmm. in 2019 at some point. But like, come on, I like something's got to be on from week to week in order to get us through. Uh, the periods when there are no movies or uh, other big releases. So. Like I, re- I really hope that they hear us and that resistance in season two starts to to pick it up and and resemble the other two animated series a little bit more. But yeah, definitely couldn't have said it better myself, Mike. That's it for this week. That is it for this week. Uh, that's it for two thousand and nine. Sorry, two thousand eighteen. Yeah, uh, sure. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for supporting us through the beginning of Star Wars Resistance. Um, Download numbers are as good as ever, considering I don't know that that many people are really watching the show. So um, we would love to hear from you guys. If you guys send us a bunch of emails or messages on Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, um, we'll consider doing like a mailbag episode or something like that. Or when we do get some episode nine news and we come back together, we can kind of dive into a mailbag as well. But uh yeah, I, I lots to look forward to in the in the new year. Um, lots, I mean, we got a Star Wars celebration coming up. We got a new movie coming out next year, um, so so promotion's gonna start ramping up on that. But uh, also more Star Wars Resistance and hopefully more Galaxy of Adventures and maybe even more Forces of Destiny, if we're lucky. And of course, at some point next year when Disney Plus launches, we're gonna mm. get new episodes of Clone Wars. So. Um, yeah, uh, thank you to everybody who supported us all throughout 2018. You guys are awesome, uh, through the, the end of star Wars rebels and our, uh, clone Wars special edition over the summer. And, uh, and like I said, through star Wars resistance and uh, everything else that we've gotten this year. Um, it's been a crazy packed year when you really think about it. Um, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I, uh, uh, of course, you guys can stay up to date with the latest Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast, on Twitter at rebelspodcast, and on Instagram at rebelcells. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at arkwolf, A R K W U L F, and Matt is at the crankster, that's crankster with a K. Yeah. And uh, if you, uh, if, if you, wait, no, that's not the right part yet. Uh, you guys know that we're part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the network, especially Star Wars The Saga Continues, uh, where Tim and Kyle um, and Paul uh, uh, very often uh, jump in and talk about all things Star Wars, not just animation. Uh, but head to thunderquack.com, check out all that stuff. And if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to the store.thunderquack.com and picking up some merch. And second, by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and kicking in your monthly support over there. Uh, it's just a, a monthly pledge, and uh, that gets you access to special perks like the Thunderquack podcast. Um, I, I, 
you know, at, at higher levels, you get like the MP3s of our spoiler cast. We'll have, we've actually got three spoiler casts coming up this month. We will have uh, Spider-Man into the spider verse, uh, which I will be uh, hosting. Um, and then we will have, uh, uh, Aquaman, uh, which I believe Andy and Amanda are going to be doing, and then we're going to have Bumblebee. So, um, look forward to all that content over the course of the next month, uh, along with the Thunderquack podcast at the end of the month. So, lots of cool stuff for our uh, Patreon supporters. Um, and we appreciate everybody who does support us over there. You guys keep the lights on, and uh, we couldn't thank you enough for that uh but that is it that's a wrap on star wars resistance for 2018 we will see you guys hopefully soon to talk about episode nine but if not we will see you in the new year with new episodes i i guess happy holidays and may the force be with you right yes of course okay we'll see you guys in the next episode